Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Mavs Group Therapy. I'm Kirk Henderson. It's about 11.15. Thanks so much for hanging out. Um, Let's just close the room. That game sucked. (laughs) Uh, I'd really... Dallas Mavericks fell to the Indiana Pacers, 124 to 122. They gave up 70 points in the first half. They gave up over 30 points three of the four periods. The Pacers fell apart in the fourth quarter. A Rick Carlisle special, if I ever saw one, only to have the Mavericks not seize the game from them late. A number of missed field goals. Uh, and then, you know, one of the uh, the only play call that the Mavericks have for end-of-game situations, except went to Kyrie Irving, and he wasn't able to sink a difficult shot. Dallas Mavericks fell. <sighs> I don't really know. Maxi Cleveland looked good. It's true. Maxi Cleveland did look good. Really, he had a cool dunk, played some pretty good defense when he was in. Somehow didn't grab a single board, which is pretty impressive. Um, but then again, you go look at the box score tonight, and there's some weird stuff happening in there. So why don't you come on up? We'll talk about it. We'll go to bed because um, I have a feeling this is about to get really funky. This meaning the Mavericks season. All right, coming up first, a beacon of positivity. Actually, you know what? We're going to let Jose come up first because Jose wakes up like it early to work. Hey, Jose, what's going on? Oh, man, Kirk. Um, not much. Uh, how... I mean, I'm not nearly sauced enough for this shit. I'll tell you that. What I don't understand is the organizational misunderstanding of what Mavs social media is. Social media is a crazy place. If you dip into it, you get out of it, what you put in you and I know that we spend a lot of time there it can be a dark bizarre place so to constantly reference and this is like a five or six year thing by the Mavericks to constantly reference what Mavs Twitter which is let's just call it that's a shorthand for Mavs social media thinks about a thing it's an institutional thing which they would be better served spending their time elsewhere not worrying about it fans are going to be mad at stuff We are crazy. Fan is short for fanatic. So I wish, I really wish we could all stop referencing that sort of thing. And that goes with us too, Jose, because you, you, we have some friends who are pretty mean to like the Mavs social media accounts. And it's like, it doesn't serve. I don't do it. It doesn't serve me. It's, It's not purposeful, but I just wish that sort of stuff would stop. And I wish we could actually talk about the game because the game was really gross. <laughs> what did you think? Well, uh, uh, just quickly touching on your first point. Sure. So, um, if you're going to complain about Mavs Twitter, why are you on Twitter? Right. Like, uh, we all have a social media platform. What you do with this platform is ultimately on you. How you convey and how you use well how you convey your messages how you choose to create content because at the end of the day we're all content creators because we've all been blessed to have a form of that's right of medium so if you're constantly using this medium to bitch about the medium, maybe you shouldn't be on this. Because I take breaks. Like, I've done it. I've had to walk away where I'm like, I feel particularly bothered by certain, you know, it's like me walking into a field of rakes, and it's like, how could I do that to myself? <laughs> right. And, and then at the end of the day, like, like me personally, I'll I be working. I work out. 
I host the show and right. then I watch the game like the for and then I also play my game. So there's not too much time that I'm actually on the the app itself. If it is if I do spend time on it, yeah, I'm bound to get into some shit. But most of the times I choose me over anything. Uh but to get into this game, uh we need a free throw coach, we need a head coach, we need an offensive coordinator, <laughs> we need a real center uh, like I, I was kind of defending Christian Wood a little bit in the previous game against the sure. Lakers because it's like when you see Dwight Powell get he was cooking in the paint, like, and then also Christian Wood had a fair game. I, I don't think that's too crazy to say Christian Wood had a fair game uh, against AD and that's right. he did. you know was making an impact. So I, I would went out on limb. I was like, hey. With three minutes left to go, give me Christian Wood in this in this uh closing lineup. Today, it looked like he just completely went away from what worked in that Lakers game. He was forcing things. Uh, I mean, Kyrie just had another bad game, and the the margins are so slim with with this team as currently constructed that you need uh All Star Kyrie and you need Luca to give a shit on on a consistent basis uh you know we we always talk about lucas complaints to the refs him getting taken out today i didn't particularly see that uh did did you sorry no my sorry no i'm not my i i hear this noise out of the corner of like barely and it's my dog just maiming the corner of the couch Oh my God! How did that even happen? Um, I I thought that Luca was very frustrated, and I thought it was on Kid to to take up for him, and he didn't, and that frustrates me. That's a bigger discussion that I don't know how we actually address because Kid has made it a policy through a period of years that he's just not really going to stand up for Luca. You know what I mean? It, I think he sort of expects Luca to battle through it. I think there's good reason for that. And so I, but I, I still wish I would see it a little bit more. Like they beat the crap out of Luca in the first half. Right. And, you know, it's, it's crazy that kid would take up for, you know, Josh Green, uh, you know, early in the, in the season. There was a couple of times where Josh Green was getting into it with a player and Jason Kidd would literally come out on the court and, and, you know, back up Josh Green, but he doesn't with, with Luca. And it's just beyond me. But, like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just getting real desperate where I'm just like, hey, get get New Orleans Noel. Let, let's see how that works. I'm not saying immediately put him in the starting lineup. I mean, we don't need two buyout guys in our starting lineup because it seems like Jason Kidd is just going to keep rolling out Justin Holiday after one great performance. And I get the reasoning why he started over Green in the Lakers game. Uh, but to play more and to not really have an impact on the game. I mean, I, I don't know. I just expect more from my starting lineup. Sure. And then uh, also, like, uh, I was going to get on here and shit on Christian Wood because uh, there was a time where he got pulled in fourth and he walked to the tunnel. Um, to me, that that's a that's you signaling that that's you're bad. putting on the team. Yeah. And, and – 
you know, luckily I saw him back on the bench because I was about to get on here and curse him the fuck out. Cause oh, I like, had to put a disclaimer in the normal podcast. Josh Bo and I did. Cause Josh went on for like four or five minutes about it. Cause we thought he didn't come back out. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, for, first, it, it took me a minute to see him, but he was there. So I was relieved on that end. But it's, it's like at, at this point, we just can't afford it. Like we just can't afford anybody quitting. As terrible as the defense is, we just need everybody to try to buy in. And like kid is, is just awful. I, I really hope this is the end. This is the last year. Um, some people, when it, when it comes to talking about Jason Kidd, they're like, well, he's a good coach. He made it to the Western Conference Finals. I even gave him praise I, last he, year. He did a good job and last it, year. But if he deserves credit last year, then he yeah. deserves blame this year. It, exactly. And and some people don't know how to live in moments. Yes. They want to be – they want to have revisionist history and use that as what is happening now, and that's not the case. Well, Kid deserves all the criticism in the world right now. You have Luca and Kyrie, and somehow you're below 500. I mean, they've won one East. game with the two of those guys playing together. One against yes. the Spurs. Yes. That's bad. <laughs> and that's a and and you're right that the thing I the thing I'm going to try to stick to is that Kid is realistically like the fourth or fifth or even sixth problem if you were to start addressing them. But what Kid also is is he's the only one with an immediate remedy. They're not going to fire him, but they could. They could. <laughs> you, you, you can't, like, I don't think they're going to send Christian Wood home. You could, but you can't fix the defense. You can't get Luca to, like, Luca's not all of a sudden going to become an, an average defender. That'd be great. They, like, he's also not all of a sudden going to just stop complaining at the refs. Those things are bigger problems to the Mavericks, at least in my opinion. No, you're absolutely right. And, you know, the the shot that kid did take that I think me and you agree with is, is like kid calling the, the team immature, but we kind of know that it was directed at Luca. Yeah, it was Luca. Like everybody yeah, else is yeah. 30 years old. Like, like, <laughs> right, right. Reggie Bullock, like, Reggie we, Bullock isn't going to take kindly to anybody calling him immature. <laughs> like, we, we could agree on that. And, like, that is right. But to do it in front of everybody in the world, pretty much. Uh, do it behind closed door. Be a be a head coach. Be a leader of this team because right now that's what you are, and and you know try to pump pump something into this team. Pump some life into this team. Uh, I don't know, Kirk. This is gonna be hard because we've lost two games after the All Star game. I mean, uh, yeah, after the All Star game, we've won one, and then. This is not the time to fuck around. I mean, if Jason Kidd is still trying to figure out lineups and rotations on the fly, uh, you got to figure it out by Sunday at least because you have Philly Knicks, which Joel Embiid is going to flop, prop, and get to the rim at all costs, and uh, especially against the White Power. And then you have DeAndre Aiden. If he's fully locked in, this is going to get natural. Sure. I mean that, but it, it would it also shock you if they won one or both of those games? That's the thing I kind of can't stand about this team is that they lose the games I think they should win, and then they win the games I. Th- 
No, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised, but it's just like when you have Luka and Kyrie, that's the only thing you could really bank on at at this point. Uh, You you just are so heavily reliant on their star power to to beat out the other team, and that's what's going to get it done most games. Uh, Well, thank you for joining us, buddy. Do you got to get up early and work? Uh no, no I ch- I chose me this That's week. I'm, I'm not going in for overtime this week. Dang, uh, but thanks, Kirk, for bringing me up. All right, we'll talk soon. All right, coming up next, hopefully, uh, well, you know, Chris is Chris is a positive man, so hopefully you have some some positivity to send. Our well, way. what I was gonna, uh, well, <laughs> I don't know about that because we have one more loss than we did last year, and we still have 19 games to go. Ooh, God. Yeah. Yeah, we got 30, 31 losses. And last year we were 52 and 30. Hold on. I need a shot after that. That's just, that's cold. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's, what's crazy is remember last year, like the beginning of the season, I know we were winning some of those games, but it felt so sluggish and grindy. And then we were like losing. I know it was COVID and injuries, but like it was just a frustrating beginning of the season. But I know after the All Star break, they ended up clicking and all. But yeah, this, this is just nuts. Like, uh, with with uh, being one in four, I guess, with the Luca Kyrie yep. thing. And then, you know, there's four games right there where you've got a possession at the end where you can at least tie the game. I mean, this one was like, what, three times with a minute to go, you can tie the game. And I think the first possession, you almost got to the rack and ended up, just, ended up passing it out and passing it around. It was just, it was just settling for threes. It's, we're like the make or miss league team you know it just it, it sucks like um god what, what was i gonna say uh do they even practice <laughs> do, do they u- utilize that practice facility that's across from the arena <laughs> well you know it, it I, I think that might be a little bit if if they were to have a real excuse that would be it because teams just don't get time to practice in the regular season they do walk arounds they do film but they don't really get earnest to goodness practice. Now we've seen some clips of stuff that they've been running, but like the, it, it just takes time. And so, you know, you're incorporating Kyrie, you're incorporating Maxi. There's, there's those elements that I think that they could have is have, you know, not as excuses, but as fallback reasons. And I, I would earnestly buy that for as cynical as I am, but. <sighs> just don't take, they take it seriously, man. I go to these games, dude. They just fuck around. Yeah. Like just like, shooting half-court shots and just playing around. I mean, just yeah. like, you're missing your free throws. Well, I mean, this has see, not been see, just this I, I'm glad you brought that up because if we were to talk about specific reasons why the team lost this game, that is a specific reason. Once again, 10 missed free throws. 10 missed free mm-hmm. throws as a team in a two-point loss. Can't have it. Yep. Not to mention the one tech. He's got 13 techs now, Luca. Um God, it's just it's just all these little things add up, and then what? Just it's the worst thing when you lose by one or two points. That's that's just the worst. Uh, I just don't know what else to say. I feel like yeah, like you said, we got a couple tough games, and I think we might we might win both of them. Like just don't shock they, me. Like I like that's just yeah, the way they the play their best goes. when their backs are against the wall. But when we play these sucky ass teams, besides the Spurs, well, even the Spurs. I mean, the first three quarters they were keep. Keeping up with the Mavs, it was like what ninety-seven to ninety, I think, at some point. I mean, the Spurs were right there too. It's just, I, I really feel like with Kyrie coming in, that we were just going to be so good offensively that 
I knew that we're not a good defensive team, but at least we would make up for it by just the energy of just making these shots and they would play harder on defense, but we're just like a revolving saloon door down on, uh, in, in the block. And these guys are just getting casual layups and dunks against us. Um, what do you think about Noel? I mean, do you, do you think the Mavs are reaching out to his man, his, no. uh, his agent? No, I, I think buyout stuff is done for the Mavericks. I think this is the team that brought them. And that, that's where oh, we're at. Man. Because really look at it, man. If, if you're relying on guys that aren't playing for really garbage teams, then you're not, like like that's the that's a that's a dark place. Yeah, yeah. And and what would suck is at the very end of the season, let's say we the last game of the season we're losing bad. We know we're gonna lose, and you'll see Christian Wood and Erlens Noel in the in the tunnel scarfing down Wiener Stencil. That would just be a that would just be a cherry on top right there to the season. Um hopefully we can just turn it around. I don't know. We just we just need to start fucking winning. <laughs> really How much time and on what sucks is the the Timberwolves are going to win. The Warriors were losing bad, and now they've already won that game. Yep. So the teams that we don't need to lose, they're been, we, we can't be going on a losing streak. Uh, I agree. Yeah. But uh, anyway, you. let's try to get a win Thursday. Thank you. Thanks for hanging out. There's a video. Shout out to at the real Alexis of a, a five-second clip of Rick Carlisle talking shit to the crowd. It's going to live in my brain for the rest of the night. Um, man, we got a lot of people wanting to talk in here. All right, we're going to go. So, so let's guys, I don't want to stay up all night. We got 12 people as I'm counting. So let's, let's make our points and, and move it along. Coming up next, my man, Ruben, how are we doing, Ruben? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to keep you long. I'm not going to ask, the, <laughs> I'm not going to ask you that many questions, any questions at all. I just got to have this therapy real quick. Please. Just because I, not gonna lie, I was I was team Jason Kidd when he got hired. Him and Nico, you know, shit was going good. It did you go know. well. Western Conference Finals. Nico pulled the trigger on the KP thing. He pulled, got his, got his Kyrie. But I'm going to Jason Kidd. Like if I. I love Nico. Okay. I, okay. If everybody want to burn my house down, burn my house down. I, I love what Nico has done for this team. But Jason freaking kid, you speak about people earning their minutes all year, mm. trying, to, trying to help their podcast, business, whatever. A guy comes here for two freaking days. And he gets Josh Green, who we've been trying to build up, who he was developing this whole season, developed him to a a piece in asset. Every team wanted him. He done well. Yeah, yeah. Lots of articles about him coming out of the All-Star break. Yeah. Everything, everything. And in one game, a guy that hadn't started, for the freaking, I'm trying not to cuss. It's okay, you can cuss. I cuss all the time. For the freaking <laughs> Atlanta Hawks, <laughs> but he couldn't even start. Yeah, you no, he didn't play. In the, he didn't play. You, yeah, you start him two games in a row. Yeah, I'm not. I don't two, know what's happening there. Two games in a row, Kirk. I'm not doing. Yeah, you. Uh, 
I, so so let me so to play devil's advocate. I think the I think right. the reason that they started him is they're trying to give Josh Green more minutes with the second unit to add some ball handling, and so you're kind of if you can steal minutes for Justin, okay. But really, Justin Holiday shouldn't play more than 15 minutes, and Josh Green should play 30, and Tim Hardaway should probably play 25 to 30. Hardaway played 37 minutes tonight, and he wasn't bad, but he wasn't. Like he hit some shots, but then like everything else, like he was one of the guys who shot like an air ball on one of the final final shots of the game. Kurt, you you may be tough, right. Tough go. You may be right, but have we not been doing this since game one, since the preseason? Yeah, <laughs> letting guys okay, letting J Kid just feel shit out for twenty games. Yeah, we are. Damn near 60 games in. Yeah. We know, we know the good players on this team. It's not a fucking science. Right. It's not, it's not a game. This is not a game no more. Now, uh, okay, let me I'm a, I don't want to give up, I don't want to be on here too long, but I will say you've been Telling Seawood who's who needs a contract, who we traded a first pick for, who was averaging 20, who got hurt his thumb before but he was starting, injured his thumb. He was averaging two blocks a game, and then you don't give him his job back. Josh Green, you put him in a starting lineup. We were doing great, and you snatch what is that? Kurt, I mean, this is what the stuff does that, that do got, to a young player's psyche? This is the stuff that got him killed in Milwaukee. And now I'm, I didn't want to believe what you were saying. I didn't want to believe what everybody was saying about his second year. And and you wait to do it when you have two star players. I will give Kyrie his games off. He he got on this team and we were winning. Luca comes back. Okay, we won one game. We got they still trying to figure things out. But if the coach hasn't figured out his starting lineup or rotations even before two star players, what do what do you expect, Kurt? What do you expect when the coach cannot sit on one decision or or Preach us, preach a whole thing. You have to earn your minutes and then snatch players that have earned their merit. I'm not mad at Seawood for going in the locker room. I, I'm I'm probably like one of one of a million. I hope I'm not by myself, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. Seawood has done everything you asked him to do. Come off the bench, play better than Pal. Play better than uh, McGee, who who Jason Kidd signed to play next to Seawood. And Seawood has done everything. And I hate this coach, Kurt. Uh, I'm done with Jason Kidd. If you cannot stick to your word, if you're losing the players, like literally you lost one player. And what does that send to your rookies, to your young – what does that send to Kyrie? Kyrie is passing the ball. He doesn't know the personnel, but Luka does. And Luka is like, bro, don't do that. Don't 
I I wish Luca didn't turn to to Rick and say, "Oh yeah, call a timeout, bro." We're hoping your fucking coach knows how to call a timeout to give you rest and Kyrie rest. And I'm about to get off, but I'm I'm getting off after this statement. Jason Kidd, you are a shit coach for preaching something you don't even believe in. What? how players should earn their minutes and you give minutes to a guy that's been here for two freaking days. And we had the formula to beat the Lakers when we fucking trash can juice them on Christmas. I just don't know, Kurt. I don't know who he's listening to. I don't know what this coaching staff is talking about. I don't know what they're practicing, but Jason Kidd, you will lose your players if you keep coaching the way you do. And your starting lineup is trash. Your rotations are trash. And that's all I have to say. Thank you, Kurt. Be good, Great guy. fucking therapy session, my guy. I'll see you feel Love better. You, bro. <laughs> like, don't you just feel better after yelling? All right. Talk to you later, I buddy. feel a lot better. All right. Bye. All right. He talked for too long, but we love him anyhow. Uh, let's go to Brandon. Brandon, what you got for me tonight, friend? Kirk, uh, it kind of goes back to what you preach all the time. Dallas had, uh, five players in double figure, but you know, Indiana has six players in double figure. So he's <laughs> <laughs> right on that one, man. So I didn't I even notice that. yeah, yeah. And, uh, sheesh, it was, it was a typical Rick Carlisle win. Uh, they had, I think maybe. God, I don't even think either team had double-figure offensive rebounds. Um, so, it, it was bad. It was ugly. But it was a typical Rick Carlisle game. Get out there and grind it out and don't get any rebounds or just score a lot. Um, but my, my, uh, and my last thing is, uh, you know, looking at these teams in the West, um, all of the teams at the top, they have an established, I guess you could say, kind of like um, bench, established uh, culture as you look at the bottom of the West, it's a lot of turnover. So, I mean, it's a lot of people that's new, new players, uh, changing rosters and everything. So I think it kind of goes back to chemistry. Um, if you think about just off the subject, kind of like the Yankees, they try to win by, you know, buying, buying championships and that, that doesn't, that doesn't work anymore. There's no, there's no, there's no chemistry and no culture. And you look at the West, all the teams, Denver has an established culture, uh, Sacramento, they grinded for a while, but they kept their, you know, their core players and, you know, they have an established culture. Obviously, you know, the Suns and, and you get to Dallas and the, the lower half of the West, it's a lot of turnover, uh, different rosters, different players. And it's not a lot of, you know, th- those guys aren't gelling. I think that kind of is the implication of, you know, why the bottom half of these this Western conferences isn't doing so well. And one with, and, and last thing about Josh Green, I think, I think you know, his confidence is – kind of built up, you know, during the, during the preseason, he went and worked with, I believe it was like Bradley Bill's coach or, or uh, trainer during the, during the summer. And, you know, he didn't want to play uh, summer league, but, you know, he kind of believed in himself. And I kind of hope that he, you know, he keeps that confidence and he doesn't let, you know, Jason. Man, Kidd. if Rick Carl can't break that dude, then I don't think a couple of shitty games from Jason Kidd are going to hurt him too much. It's mainly just annoying because like him playing more helps. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it definitely helps, especially with him progressing at a, at an early age, finding his. 
Yeah. But yeah, that's all I wanted, Craig, man. Appreciate it, bro. Of course. Thanks for coming up, Brandon. Talk soon. We're going to win one of these days. And then we can get like a whole bunch of people up here crowing about how fun it was to win. All right. Let's fly through some folks. Juan, what's up, my guy? Give him a minute. Mr. Diego, you there? Don't see a mute on the thing. All right. Come back up. I'll try to invite you back up in a little bit. Uh, Tyler, what's going on? Hey, Kirk. Thanks for bringing me up. Um, Of course. I was just going to say a few things uh, to save time and let you uh, say something afterwards if you want to, if that's cool with you. Go forth. Go, go. I don't want to talk. I'm going to say dumb shit. The more I talk, it gets me in trouble. (laughs) Okay, so uh, tons tons of problems, but I just wanted to point out the Tim 37 minutes, green 22, just – it, that's like treason. Um, and then the Seawood thing all year with kid is terrible. And then at the end of the game, we're down by two at home with the better team. So if you go to overtime, you like your chances and we go for a three, a bad three. When, when we have Luca who can just get to the hoop at any moment and get, you know, a fa- hopefully fouled or a decent look or do something. I just hated that last shot. Um, and then as far as Jason kid, like, I think I actually think he's the main problem because I, I think he exasperates every other problem. And as far as kid, like specifically, like is there anything he does well, like rotations, evaluation of players and their talent um, on our own team, uh, <clears throat> timeouts, challenges, um, stupid challenges early in the game, and you know crunch time lineups. Like it's just bad all around, dude. All around. It's so bad. And then um, I just wanted to, like, give you, let you know where I'm at as a fan. Like, <clears throat> and you can let me know if I'm crazy or tell me to piss off or whatever. But I'm basically – it's basically turning the same thing as, like, the Cowboys for me. Like, I've been rooting sort of against Dak Prescott because I won him off the team for, like, almost his whole career pretty much. And I'm basically gotten to the, this point with the Mavericks where I'm actually, like, hoping – we kind of lose um, just so Jason Kidd can get the hell out of here because like sometimes you got to take a step back to take two steps forward. And sometimes actually most of the time failure is um, imperative for growth and, um, and positive, you know, positive growth. So that's all I had to say. I'll let you say something about that if you want, or just move on, but thanks for letting me on Kirk. Tyler, thank you for coming up. I appreciate you uh, speaking your piece and always uh, being willing to come in here and talk. All right, let's go to Brett. Hey, Brett, what's up? Hey, Kirk. So th- there were a couple things in today's game that I felt were revealing about Kid. Like, I- I've always been pretty anti-Kid, um, but one of the discussions I think I'm the you and I have had on here before um, is about some of those like those late game those late game shots, like Luca dribbling it out. And the question was, you know, is that Luca's call or is that Kid's? And I think this game really, really definitively answered answered that question. I mean, it's like it's got to be a little column A, a little column B, but it's also like very funny. I I talked about this in the post game show. I went and found this 2016, 2016? 2017 article now from uh, the Bucks playing the um, Warriors, and and the post game like the Warriors won one twenty four to one twenty one because Draymond Green snuck out their last play. And in the post-game comments, he basically said, they run two plays. I know what they are. And I was just, I just laughed my ass off at this because it's like, yeah. 
who like different plays you mean you can do that and yeah it's just it, it like i i just i was tickled to pieces that it was the exact same play so, so there so there are some times where, where like running that type of play makes sense this is a game where you have i don't know what they had at that point there's still like 10 seconds left or seven seconds like plenty of time to to you know run an action um but what they got was Justin Holiday, a two-way guy, inbounding the ball to Kyrie to ISO for a three while Luca posted up on the block. Like that is insanely terrible. Like any amateur basketball fan could come up with a better play than that. Like I, I don't, I have no idea if that even was the play. Like maybe it was the, the play was to get try to get it to Luca and Kyrie just decided he wanted to shoot. But I mean, no. And, and then also I think that this, you know, the second thing in this game is that I think the usage of Kyrie, some of that is that I just don't think Kyrie's looking to be aggressive. The reason for that, I, you know, I'm not going to. Well, you have nine assists, zero turnovers. Shots weren't falling. Everybody should be allowed to have an off game. He's two of, he's two of his last 14 from three. That's going to come around. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not concerned about yeah. those looks. I'm concerned about like in the, I don't know, second quarter or first quarter when he, when Bullock had the ball, like it, at, on the wing, and he kind of like looked to Kyrie to come and get it from him, and Kyrie just kind of stood there in the corner, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, no, yeah. Oh well, it's disappointing. It's disappointing because I think if they get like bushwhacked by the Sixers and the Suns, are any of us really going to be mad? Like, I mean, I mean, yeah, of course we will because like that's what we do. But like, will it be shocking? And the answer is no. Losing to the Pacers sucks. The Pacers, I think, have won like four of their last seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they've, they've they've won a couple games after the break. Now that Halliburton's back, but 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 before that, they had they had lost like fifteen games yeah. in a row or something ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the question I would have for you because obviously, it, you know, kid getting fired or they making any kind of change like that is seems like pretty far off. How do you think the next two months would have to go for that to happen. Like, do you think, do you think, you know, would it take missing the play-in? Would it take losing in, losing in the play-in? Obviously I, I, I wouldn't say losing in the first round would, would do it, but do you think that there's any scenario in which, in which. Zero scenario whatsoever. That it, that it would take at least a whole full one full more year. It would take Luka Doncic saying, I don't want this guy as my coach loudly. And, 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 and nothing, nothing short of that short on of that. court. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. That it, it it takes like the the ESPN article, you know, or Tim Cato article or whatever on. Well, I mean, the the stuff that was going on with the Bucks, it took like it took Middleton. It took Middleton to, like, putting his foot say, down, but like, there was also a coordinated fan campaign where ev- and it's like it's wild if you go look into this. Brew Hoop had a had an article about. It. I can share it. it, it the basically it was like a, the fire Jason Kidd movement, and it took most of the most of the season until he was fired. Yeah. It took up until January. They 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 use like forty something games because he was. And granted, I want to give him a little bit of grace. It was much worse. It was like worse. He, it was worse. Than, it, I mean, it was much worse. They, had, they, they frankly had a more like Giannis and Chris Middleton, <laughs> the team like a team that won sixty games and has gone to the, like one NBA championship. You know, obviously not Brooke Lopez yet, but like they were a good team, and he he didn't know how to coach him because he didn't know what he was doing. 
I think there's an argument to be made now because he has like, my wife killed me with this today. I pointed out that the Mavs have nine assistant coaches and she goes, so Jason Kidd, that's 10. I go, yeah. And she goes, so 10 assists, 10 coaches for 15 players. That's like infant daycare ratio. What are they even doing? (laughs) And I've been laughing about that all day because it's just like, what? There's so many coaches that no one has any responsibility. It's outstanding. Yeah, the it, the buck always just stops somewhere over there, and I I feel like that's, <laughs> that's just that's just the the motto for the Mavs as an organization. It's just the the, the buck the buck never never stops anywhere. It's it's never it can never be anybody anybody. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Brett, thanks for hanging out. All right, let's go to Rain. Hey, Rain, what's going on? One more mute time. There you go. Saw you hit it once or twice. There you go. It should be working. I just came out of the app. Thank you. Yep. Thank you kindly. <laughs> well, I don't know what to do anymore. Do I watch? Do I not watch? I think you don't watch. watch. This is not fun. Yeah. It's it's not particularly healthy. Um, I just... I, I know what the team needs to do. But it's not possible. They need... Strong defensive center, another big wing player, and a brand new coach. And with the assets they have, and uh, with Mark Cuban as an owner, I don't think it's going to happen. Oh, I do think Kyrie resigns though. I don't think that necessarily means he stays, but I think he signs. Whether that's through sign and trades that he's moved or oh, yeah, requesting no, a trade next season, but yeah, he's he's got the Mavericks over a barrel. The Mavericks will sign him to five year, two hundred seventy million dollar contract. That's they will offer that. How's how's that? That will be the offer because that's what they can do. He, 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 they will offer it to him, but and then okay, in in the Mavs' defense of all the coaches who are going to be able to pick them apart or know all their weaknesses. It's probably going to be Rick Carlisle. Sure. Um, and they have a big who's big enough to just overpower Powell or Woods or Maxi. So I guess try not to be too bad, but I'm going to be honest, I'm fucking pissed. So uh, good luck to all those of us who keep watching, and um, we're all sick of us. <laughs> That's the real. That's the real truth, Rain. Thanks for hanging out. I appreciate you. All right, see ya. I actually talked about that at the end of the podcast with Josh tonight, where I'm just like, man, nothing drives me more crazy about how when the Mavs perform poorly, instead of talking about how the Mavs perform poorly and why that's frustrating, the inevitable online conversation will be why your expectation is off and why you are the problem. And it just, it, it never, never proceeds to, to make me mad. All right. I see my buddy Jason in there, Jason, I'll get to you shortly, but I got to give our man Brent Brooks the floor for a minute today. If you did not read his 1800 word treatise on why Jason kid, maybe ought to possibly should get fired. You are, uh, you're missing out. Hell of a post Brent. What's up, buddy. Hey, Kirk. Good to talk to you, man. I, feel very grateful for the platform to be able to make that post because it was cathartic for me. Otherwise, I would have been walking around my living room talking to myself over the last 24 hours. 
ever since those post-game comments from Kid. Yeah. I'm appreciative to be able to vent. Um, I heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I, I haven't listened to their show yet. I plan to do that in a little bit. But follow on the Maris podcast, did they kind of try to recontextualize Kid's comments and that's say, no, 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 that's... Yeah, and now I, I apologize to both these guys that that's not the case. I'm going to listen to their show. But if it is that they tried to recontextualize Kid and then something about Carlisle as well, but let's just focus on Kid. The whole point of a passive-aggressive communication style of hiding things behind veiled language and innuendo is so that you can play it both ways. You can have people guessing what you really meant, that yep. you can get your point across in not so subtle ways. Everybody in the room knows what you mean, but to the letter of the law, you didn't say it. And that's kind of what I was going for with, if you're going to criticize Luca, and based on how he performed against the Lakers, you know, make or miss shots, play well, don't play well, but there are preventable things in terms of losing focus when you're not getting calls. And I think he gets fewer calls for acting the way that he does. Yep. You, you either handle that privately, and maybe Kit has tried to, or you, if you're going to take the drastic step to call out your star player in public, do it. Specifically. The, yes. Yeah, it's, it's really trying to have it both ways and be too cute by half, and all it does is kind of create toxic air. So I, I think that it's kind of ironic if Falwell and Damaris tried to go that route and say, hey, no, 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 I think you misunderstood. This is what he really meant. That's by design on his part because he wants to have it both ways. Uh, I wanted to get that out there. Well, I've um, not listened to Brian and, and, and Mark Falwell. I haven't either. And I so I'm just, well, I'm just going to say I won't. Um, what, what, they do, yeah. what they do is get put in the incredibly difficult position of attempting to yes. speak objectively about which something for which they are paid money. Mark pays them. Yeah, This is not like the Dallas Cowboys have an in-house media that is openly critical of the Cowboys. Dallas, Dallas is, and, right. and to their credit, meaning the entire Mavs, like in, like you guys are kind of mean and everybody calls them state media. I don't think that's fair, but their in-house media production is in a difficult spot because criticism is frowned upon. That's a difficult thing to do. So they're put in this position of talking about the team and I like everything that is said, whether it's said on the air by Bally's, whether it's said in these podcasts, a lot of what is said is said with the veiled understanding of, look, guys, we know some stuff that we can't tell you, but you're going to have to trust us. I understand mm -hmm. why they do it because it's putting forth a good message and they believe it. It's not PR. Okay. These guys believe this stuff. I have to, I have to believe that because otherwise it turns me just into a cynical rage monster. That said, I don't particularly have interest in hearing it. It, it frustrates me because I have simply, you know, in my time as a professional and you and I've talked about this, we've each worked for large companies that have like clear problems. And instead of addressing those problems, there's entire departments that exist to say, you know, we've always been at war with Eurasia and I, I'm just not particularly interested in that. So if they tried to recontextualize his quotes, great. I'll can recontextualize his quotes. He wants Luca to be more mature. Jason Kidd does. So do we, 
I want, I, I think we can yes. all come to an agreement yes. on that. But what I never want to hear from Jason Kidd ever again is that he's a fucking bystander. You get paid a ton of money. Shit or get off the pot. I am tired of the notion of, well, I just work here. I'm Jason Kidd, employee X. That Luka Doncic guy, though, you might want to go talk to him. He's a big fucking baby. He might be. But you know what, man? Lead, please. Leadership is not, it, it, it's, sometimes it's about taking bullets. You know, you wrote an article today that cooked Jason Kidd. And I posted it understanding that I might have to take some heat on your behalf. That is what the job is. He could stand to learn something from that little presence of, you know what? Sometimes you need to stand up for your employee. You know, he should have done it in the first half tonight. Luka Doncic got his 13th tech because Jason Kidd is too busy having a heated conversation under his breath instead of doing a demonstrative thing where he's like, look, you need to protect the superstar or he's going to get hurt. Sorry. No, I agree with everything you said, and I appreciate those sentiments. Uh, you have a a player who was one of the the very very best, and for the most part, the kid was co rookie of the year. He never really had the struggle, and so I don't know that being a great player is. It's almost like he approaches coaching like a sports better. Now, hear me out. A sports, a really good handicapper is going to look at all of the data and trends and stats and injuries and scenarios and motivations. But once you place that bet, then you really are, Kirk, a spectator and you're sweating it out and you're either really wrong, really right, or it's a coin flip and, and you're going to live and die on the coin flip. He, it feels like once the game starts, outside of some bizarre rotational choices, right? Which, again, you can talk about the whole C. Wood thing. We're going to prove it to him. He's going to prove it to us. And what's really been proven in both directions there. Outside of some weird stuff rotation-wise, like when does he ever do anything? We always talk about a coach being able to affect a record 10% in either direction. It feels like it's more than that this year, but 10% more wins right now would be significant as tight as the West is, and it doesn't feel like there's a point to his being there. You know, Rick, for all his faults, it always felt like we had a secret weapon because he was great at some very specific things like out-of-timeouts and last possessions and and making some really strange J.J. Barea in the finals and Boban in the playoffs kind of pulling it out of his rear at the last moment to – at least attempt to save the day. Yeah. Um, I just don't see any creativity, uh, much less any taking of responsibility. So, yes, he has a point about Luca, but the way he delivered it is a window into larger problems. And the, the previous uh, like a gentleman who was talking about Green, Green and Brunson's development has been floated by some as, hey, you know, giving kid credit for that, giving kid credit for the Western Conference Finals run. I think that Green improved in the offseason with Kyle Lowry and other vets. And I'm not saying that kids had zero impact, but how do we really quantify how much of it came from the work that Green put in independent of kid and whatever kid has coached him to be? Sure. You know, it is, it's an, an unknowable thing. And That's same right. for Brunson's development because there are certain things you know, by the times what somebody's Christian Woods age, 27, 28, you kind of are who you are. You said that about Theo Pinson. He's not going to suddenly be a, a, a rotation player probably at that age. 
But both Green and Brunson were in that window where people do take leaps, even if they're a four-year player out of college, right? Uh, I think that last year, there was so much winning. There was so much good vibes that the character flaws that kid has never came to bear because winning is a bomb for the soul, the collective soul of the team. And we are seeing now the other side of that coin where how do you handle things when things don't go well? That is the testament to an employee-employer relationship, a family relationship, you name it. And certainly how a coach handles a scenario and this, this feeling of not wanting to take responsibility uh, for the success or the failure of the team and, and using generalities and using the we and our pronouns when it protects him. Mm-hmm. It's just very, very, um, I don't want to say pathological. That's, that's a terrible word to use, but it's, it, it's a window into his psychology, it would seem, that whereas Rick was able to go, hey, I, I, I need to be better at X, Y, Z, or that was, that was on me. Even if it was only 10% of games that you heard something like that. And then Rick, was, a, Rick was a huge asshole behind the scenes. It was like, the, it's like if you could sure. blend these two guys together, you'd have a like unstoppable coach because like Shishi in the chat. Yes. Knows that Like Giannis credited kid for his development. Giannis still speaks very highly of kid did so in, in the book by, by Miran Fader. But there there's like elements of this that are all just like very maddening because it, it well unless you're Kirk unless you're Mother Teresa or Hitler you know <laughs> unless you're on the very extremes of the human race in all of history when you're talking about people 99.999% of the time you're going to find some good and some bad yeah. and and kid is a lot closer to the middle we're, we're all closer to the middle than those two extremes yeah. so in a coaching career or any kind of relationship between two people uh where there's leadership involved you're going to have some things you can point to yeah. and i'm not saying that kid is all bad but there's enough here to where you go we're on the clock with luca sure and if we were to somehow or if the mavericks were to somehow move on from kid in the offseason because I don't, I think he's closer to Avery Johnson than to Rick Carlisle. If Luca is to go on to win a championship, in terms of you know a loose analogy potentially, I don't think he's the coach that leads us to the promised land. And getting started a year sooner on that would be a head start because you know a lot of us feel like we're running out of time. You know, if he's gone after next season, how long until that clock starts ticking really, really loud? So. That's right. I'll uh, get off stage. I appreciate it, man. Appreciate you too, Brent. Everybody go read Brent's piece. Put a lot of time into it. Granted, all of our writers put time into stuff, but to be perfectly candid, I wanted to write this piece. But we decided that I probably shouldn't write this piece because as editor-in-chief, while also like well-known Mavs troll, I have a little bit of a reputation that follows me around and I'm you know, it's mostly deserved because I'm a shit when it comes to tweets, but people can't make the distinction between tweets and um, kind of written content. And so Brent volunteered to write it and wrote a much better piece than I, than I ever could have. Um, so yeah, go read it. All right. Coming up next, we got my man, Jason Gallagher, the man with the hat, uh, the gun what What's happening, my guy. How's it going, Kirk? First off, Brent, um, 
great piece. And it only took about 52 minutes for Hitler's name to be dropped in this. So okay, but he was great. talking the range of people. Mother, he said I'm Mother kidding. Teresa to Hitler. I'm kidding. Come <laughs> on. Like, things got so bleak. You're, you know, no. In all seriousness, I, I have a I have a, a very bleak outlook on on things. But that, I feel like the kid thing has been discussed sort of ad nauseum. And I just, I mean, you know this as as well as I do. Um, I just think that the difference between kids coaching opportunities in other places and in, in, in Dallas is I think that <clears throat> all the things we hate is kind of why he got hired. Mm. I do believe that. I do believe that all of the, I, I, when I, I kind of put in the chat that I actually think that he we're in the Jerry zone of which we want to hire coaches that uh, don't really rock a boat in terms of our internal situation. And, um, kid is in some ways a bit of a punching bag. And right now nobody's talking about the absolute colossal mishandling of the assets that we've had over the last year. Um, and so, and so that to me is a a thing that I just kind of can't get over is like, I still can't, I'm not going to let kid distract me from the fact that Mark Cuban fucked everything up last year. He did after the season. The Brunson thing is going to be the root of why this whole thing is likely not going to work out. And that is my bleak outlook um, is that sure kid is whatever, but he's there by design. He really is. He's not, he's not going to piss anyone off. But you remember what they did, right? right? Cuban was like, well, we were sitting around in the room and Dirk was like, Jason kid, great idea. No, but it's like, who do we, 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 you know, we're in a, and I get the, I get the thinking a little bit. If I'm going to give any sort of benefit of the doubt, we, we are in a player you know, empowered yeah. league, which players is like kid. That's players like kid or whatever. And Rick rub kid the wrong way. Maybe there's some thoughts that Rick is a, a reason why X or Y happened or whatever. Sure. But at the end of the day, kid is not going to do any dust ups. It's probably why so many Mavs people defended him. And it's like you said, they can't not defend him. But um, I don't know, man. I don't know how you defend. I, don't, I really don't know how you defend him right now. Uh, other than he's he's doing exactly what he's being told to do, which is well, just sort of like, you know, be a bit of a punching bag. Um, just make sure the locker room's like fine. So we're and, we're an hour deep yeah. in this, all right. And yeah. you've worked as a producer, content creator. You've been yeah. on both sides of things. Yeah. You've seen management. You've seen production. You've seen creation. The other day, when Jason Kidd <laughs> uttered his very bad response, and it was a like, I don't care what you know um a particular person accused me of taking um kids quote out of context i didn't know such thing kids quote was not out of context he was responding about a timeout yeah. but he still basically threw his hands up in the air and said not my problem right and so there's nothing out of context to be had there the dallas mavericks when there are right. home games they send out quotes they send out stuff that i we all use like for post game stories and stuff basically what the the pool reports yeah. say yeah they did not include that quote. Yeah. Well, the re- Kirk, I'm, I'm sorry, but like the thing that annoys me with some of the responses from the Mavs people is that sometimes people who get too close to the game get so insulated that they don't really realize what reality is anymore. And that is to me what has happened with some of the defenses of what Kid said and what Followell said, who shout out that guy. Um, Mark freaking Followell said this thing on a podcast that's defend that, that defends uh, Jason kids, uh, like, like comments. And I'm just sitting there kind of going like, 
you understand that he is the representative of your team and that his like him saying something that is getting dunked on, not just by Mavs fans, it's by the entire NBA landscape. Okay. So he clearly did something wrong. Okay. He's his team does not have a winning record post this trade. It has to fall on the leader and every great leader. I told you this, every great leader gets scrutinized. Yep. I've never heard a great leader say, well, what am I supposed to do? You know what I mean? That is just poor leadership. And it doesn't take a rocket science. You don't have to be working within the league. You don't have to know the inner workings of a fucking locker room to know that that is a bad thing to say. We've all worked for shitty bosses that have done stuff like that. I mean, just you, 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 you. You just, I don't know. You're too insulated. If yeah. you, if you're like, well, I know that like freaking, you know, him and Reggie Bullock are tight. Well, great. Okay. But a part of his job is to be the face of this league and to, to assure fans that, Hey, you know, this is on me or whatever it might be. And it's like, he just does the opposite. And the, the reality, the part that people really don't understand is that perception is reality. And mm. when fans start to, he- to actually turn, when that starts to become a loud thing, then guess what starts to happen? Media people start to talk about it. But, but just that, that oh, no, 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 let, me, let me finish this train of thought. Media people start to talk about it. Media people start to be like, you know what would be a great little B block in uh, first take? Should, should kid be fired? And then that cycle starts to actually happen, okay? Because of dumb shit that he's doing to himself. And I, I just, I, I, I don't care how long you've been working in that organization. What he said that night was downright stupid. It was stupid. It was stupid. Well, I'm, I'm cynical in that I have been told that all of my criticisms for the better part of 10 years are wrong. So I live in this sort of like gaslit chamber where, you know, I, I still, I still remember my wife was here getting our house. Um, and there was an entire segment done on me on a radio show where a guy from Virginia doesn't know what he's talking about. And I have some terrible takes to my name. We all do. But by and large, the thought of saying, all right, this team needs a little more scrutiny. This team, you know, you only get one Luka Doncic. You only get one Dirk Nowitzki. And I'm sorry. I I, I can't. I'm just. No, you're right. And it matters. It matters a lot to people. And I just it's in it's why I like. You know, I know that some folks in the chat are like, well, Cuban's not off the hook, but I, I, I want it to be a laser focused thing because I, I don't, I, I have said this many times on this thing, the Brunson thing could have been handled yep. and it could have been handled very easily. And it's, it's particularly frustrating because the Mavs are by and large a homegrown team. Yep. And what do you want from a homegrown team is for somebody to break out and then somebody does and they don't pay him. And then they sacrifice other homegrown talent to get a Kyrie who, whatever you think of him, it's, it's a temporary fix. It's an asset problem. It's, it's an, it's an asset problem. And, and I'm just, I, I just really, it really drives me crazy because it was, it was there, you know? I mean, think about, think about this. If you, if you love the Kyrie thing, for example, like they could have traded 
<laughs> Dorian Spencer and still had Brunson. Like there's there, that would have been a terrible defense, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. just saying like, that's like there, how there was a the- person, a, a person with a huge media following one of the leaders of one of the biggest radio stations in the area was just like, well, basically made the, it, it, by defending the, the front office, made the, made the, the assertion of, well, if Brunson's still here, you don't go get Kyrie. Like. What? That doesn't make any sense. You could, you, you, you could you actually, <laughs> if you wanted. And so the, the, the point is, is that you had that option and now you are in a corner and it is a weird corner to be in. And it's just one of those things that uh, I just am sort of like, what, what there, there's something about Cuban and his leadership style. That's like, he looks at the teams that accomplished something good. And he says, well, they overachieved. It happened in the championship t- season. He looked at that team. They won it all. And then he said, well, we overachieved and he broke it up. And you go, why did you do that? This team goes to the Western conference finals and he sort of breaks it up. He got rid of a really important piece. And you just kind of go, why did you do that? It doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, it actually doesn't make sense. It's a weird, I'm smarter, I'm playing 3D chess, you're playing checkers, like, thing that it's like, no, just play checkers. Please, God, just play checkers. Pay the guy 55 fucking million dollars and, and, and like, save yourself, like, get out of your own way. And it's just, I just am baffled by this front office. So much so that kid could literally say the dumbest thing in the world. And I'll be like, that was stupid. I can't believe this front office is such a joke. Like, I, I'm, I'm so mad at it. I'm oh, so oh. mad at it. I mean, what, where I'm at right now is that they're going to go on, like, a 12-4 and four run and we're all going to feel really stupid. That's fine, but you know, I'll I'll feel really stupid when it results to um, yeah. a championship. I mean, I would like. If I, I, I'm, if, I'm, if, I'm not holding my breath on that. If I'm going to get made fun of, not me personally, but if like me, passionate fan X is going to get made fun of on the follow up of a of a game by on the broadcast, at least let it come after a fucking win, right? Like, let's go get some wins right. and be wrong about all of our strong takes. Yeah, and then dunk on Twitter, do whatever you got to do, but like. After after one of the worst losses, like in the modern NBA, like I'm sorry, it was horrible. Nobody had lost by 27 and, points. Yeah, it, it's just sort of like, and that that's your comment is you can't do anything about it. And then the comment from the people who work there are like, you guys just don't get it. And it's mm-hmm. like, really, we don't get it. Well, but are the assumption sure is that the fan base is dumb close? and they, they might be right because people, you know, I still get emails, direct messages tweets from people who so desperately want to be liked by the Mavs organization. And it's like, Mark's a nice guy. All these guys are not, all these guys are nice guys. I really, but it's just like, you're, you're still talking to people who are, who have a, it's like, it's their position to defend. Like it's in their, like, that's their job is to defend the, defend the shield. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. They're in a tough spot. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and, and to say like, look, Kyrie and Luca are too talented for this team to fall off. Luca himself is too talented for this team yeah. to fall off. Luca pre pre the Kyrie trade, honest to God, still thinks that, that he could lead a team past a, a Memphis. Like I think he, I think he's like like I think he's like could drag a team to a second round. Obviously, a Western Conference Final. Like he can do a lot of of things, and so can Kyrie. But the but the point is, is that actually, if that happened, it would be incredibly talent like 
two or three really incredibly talented people bailing out uh, this, this, this management again. And it's that, that to me is where I just get so like frustrated because it was really, really simple. It was really, really simple. It was right there. And Kyrie and Luca are too talented, but guess what? I don't know if that coaching staff, because coaching is a lot of frigging things. Um, and I don't see Jason Kidd, the tactician, crushing it. I don't see Jason Kidd, the public speaker, crushing it. And I don't know, but thus far, Jason Kidd coaching two superstars, not really crushing it. And that's that's just an overall figure it the fuck out kind of thing. And he's got to sure. figure it out. I, like, I don't, I don't know how he, I don't know. Uh, well, thanks for hanging out, Jason. You got anything else? No, nah, man. I'm just, uh, I'm just chilling, just drinking wine. Well, good. Drink some water too. I endorse, I endorse drinking wine. Yeah. People, make, people it's make fun of me person. if they knew what I was drinking. Um, what are you drinking right now? Wait, what are you drinking? Honest to God, uh, a yeah. little of uh, Deep Elm vodka. Found a brand that I like, and some Cherry Seven Up. <laughs> Yeah, man, that's that is bleak. All right, buddy. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for hanging out. Talk soon. I'm gonna get Jason down here. Jason comes to town. We never hang out. It's just the nature of things. Um, okay, Corey, what's up, man? You've been waiting a real long time. Thanks for hanging out. What's up? Oh, sorry, Kirk. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Thanks for uh, having me up. I'll be quick. I know it's late. Yeah. Um. First of all, on the way to the game tonight, I got rear-ended on the tollway. Oh, um, so that I should have known it was going to be a crappy evening to begin with. Um, the game was fairly entertaining, except for the parts that weren't. The main thing I wanted to bring up is that kid called the team out after the last game, or called Luke out, whatever you want to call it. Sure. And this is how they responded. Um, Pretty brutal. Yeah, and I I think if you go back, you know, I don't know, what the a month or so, month and a half, the team kind of had a malaise over it anyway. Luca was hurt, he came back, he had bad body language. Kyrie came in and the team had a little bit of win in the sails and they looked all good and we got excited about it, but really that's been the only positive moment since the first of the year practically. Um I don't know. I'm with you. They're not going to fire him, but he's an asshole for ruining all my fun this year. That's all I want to say. Well, Corey, I'm sorry that happened to you on the, on the, uh, on the tollway car accidents. Never fun. Glad to hear you're okay. And I'm sorry that the Mavericks have added to your, to your frustrations. Well, the good news is it won my car. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was riding with somebody at least. Corey out here stealing cars and getting into accidents. I'm just kidding. That's right. <laughs> we'll talk Great. soon. Thanks for hanging out. All right. Coming up next, then we got Tyron. Hey, what's going on, Kurt? Oh, we're still here. I got a couple questions. We're still here. Yeah, I got a couple questions. No, I'm I'm the X's and O's guy. So correct me if I'm wrong, but was JaVel McGee not playing decent before the All-Star break? Uh he had Two games where he had 10-minute spurts that were pretty okay, and then he ended one game awful. And it was against the Jazz, I want to say. Didn't they lose that game? No, they won that game. There was one of the games that they lost right before All-Star where he had a short burst, and it was like, oh, no. And then he hasn't been seen since. 
And see, that's one of my problems with Jason Kidd. I was at the game on uh, Saturday, and I believe now I'm not looking for JaVale McGee to go out there and give us, you know, 30 and 10 and 15 or whatever. That's that's not what he's there for. But again, from an X's and O's standpoint, wouldn't it make sense to not DNPCD this guy and at least have a big body down there in the paint? against LeBron and AD and Vanderbilt and all these other big, huge guys. I mean, I, I mean, I don't have strong takes because McGee has been that bad, but I do understand why you're asking for an additional big body is they're just getting destroyed in the key. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it just, it just makes sense to me uh, to, to at least have another big body out there. Your other big guy, Maxi Kleber, who I mean, he, he did good tonight. Uh, but you're relying on a guy that tore his hamstring. Like, that could have gone one of two ways tonight. You know what I mean? Yes. I just I just don't understand. Again, I'm not looking for JaVale to be the savior of the team, but from just an X's and O's strategy standpoint, I, I don't get it. Another thing is uh, Marquise Morris. Again, somebody, I'm not looking for him to come in and change the dynamic of the team, but the guy came in. Uh, you know, out of shape or and all that kind of stuff. And uh, first of all, I didn't realize how big this guy was until I st- saw him stand next to AD uh, Saturday. If I was the Dallas Mavericks organization, I would have his ass running and doing whatever <laughs> I can. I'm I'm serious. Whatever I needed to do to have him out there on the court because that's another big man that we have that can contribute. But yet and still, what do we do? We go get Justin Holiday and fucking plug him in and just hope for the best. And he looked like absolute dog shit tonight. I, I, I don't get it. You start the same guys you started the last game. We got washed. You know, something something just has to give. And if, if it doesn't, I, I'm with y'all when you say that Mark Cuban isn't going to fire Jason Kidd, but here's what's going to happen if he doesn't. And, and soon. Yeah. Kyrie Irving is going to leave this summer. So that's another hole at the the secondary ball handler, whatever y'all want to call it. He's gone. He's already pissed off Christian Wood. That, that was very evident tonight. Yep. Christian Wood is gone. You want to fucking play Justin Holiday? All right, cool. Josh Green, go find some else to play this summer. And then we're going to be stuck with uh, Jason Kidd next summer in a shitty roster, and we're, we've run out of Band-Aids to plug holes with. Then what, Mark Cuban? Yeah. It's brutal. That's all I got, man. Go mess. Thanks for waiting. Appreciate you. All right. Simon, two two games in a row. What's going on, man? How you doing? Simon and the Seahawks logo. Guess his team is going to be unbelievably good next year. Give Simon a second to find the mute button. Otherwise, we'll bring him back up here in a second. Looks like he's, he's unmuted, but uh, we're not getting any audio. Um. Okay, let's go to... Jim. Hi, Jim. It's been a long time. What's happening? Hey, it's been a while. How's it going? Uh, last time I was on here, it was like a year ago. Yeah. And I think the Mavericks were 11th in defense. Seems uh, like a lifetime. What the f- yeah, what the fuck happened? <laughs> well, you know, trying hard only gets you so far, I think, is the lesson that we learned from, from last year's defense. Maxi Kleva is uh, like, a key part of that, but they—I they, just yeah—I you know. just don't get how you could 
like who were the big men last year in the playoff rotation? Uh, Maxi. It's Powell, Powell. Maxi. That kind of was it. And how are we just getting destroyed in the paint this year? So I think it's it's is a kid. How what's the blame pie look like? So it's it's kind of a cascade effect. So Dorian Finney Smith and Powell or uh, um, Reggie Bullock were unbelievable, but they also might have gotten like all the tread might have. Yeah, forty minutes. So a they game. look. They've been bad all year. Tread on their tires, just gone. So that's your starting point. Uh, your second starting point is that we under or your, your your other your 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 next place is Jalen Brunson was better on defense than we remember. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie was has played what played worse when he was here. Uh, Spencer was secretly probably the worst defender on the team, as shocking as that may sound. Just like really, yeah, worse than Luca by far, absolutely. And and then Luca has played a little worse this year, so it's like all these things start to become a compounding effect. Then there's Maxi, who's out for 35 games, and Maxi was kind of the keystone, who could make things work for long enough. And so you roll all those things together, and it's just a team that can't do it. I mean, they're the worst. They're a bottom three defense. It's really wild. It's like I remember reading something about Jason Kidd's first year in Milwaukee versus the next yep. year, like the jump from like defensive efficiency, like just being super drastic and bad yep. in that second year. And like we're seeing it all over again. But like I just don't know, like, is it really that much kid? Is it really that much that like I the mean they, I earnestly think they I earnestly think Kidd misunderstood why they won. Um he found it was a fluke. Well, they would because of Luca, but on defense to where if you're going to play a, a style that, that wears the tread on your tires, you cannot go get JaVale. That was co- and it's promising a well, starting, the starting spot, spot is, is, is was maddening, but it's like you look at it and you're like, okay, we need rebounds fair. Cause they did need some rebounds. They got beat by golden state. But the, the question that I will sort of live with is it's like, guys, how do you not know? as a team that's like playing Dorian and Reggie was where your bread was buttered. So you go from, from one thing to another thing and not make any real improvement in the wing depth. And, and, you know, Brunson, I, I think is really kind of a secret loss because even though he's like six, one or five, nine or however tall he was, he never really got crushed unless he was getting like super ISOed. Right. Probably like a Kawhi right. PG, like that, that kind of thing. That's why he got outplayed in 2021. Yep. It's just, it's just so maddening. Like I, I've had a lot change in the past year in my life, a lot of great personal things, but it's like, I still use the Mavs as something to like cling on in my own personal life. Um, sure. That's just like, I, I try to use it as like a positive outlook and like, just like, it's like a social thing. Like, it's something I try to look forward to, and it's just once again, like you and I have talked about this like over the past two years or so, just Mark Cuban's at it again. It's just every single time, and it's just so disappointing. Uh, it is. It is. Expectations were high, and then the Mavericks made just enough mistakes. But, you know, I've really – we've sort of been – I don't want to say fooled. But, like, the the Mavs have failed. Like, the things they've missed out on the last 10 years have often resulted in a better thing. Like, Nerlens Noel didn't sign that contract. And then the year after, the Mavericks were god-awful. And so they ended up with Luka Doncic. 
But of course, in that process, they also fell in the draft lottery. So they had to give up a pick to go get Luca. And then they trade for Chris Stapps Porzingis, which looked so cool. Only it didn't work because Chris Stapps. Give him a five year yeah, deal so after like, tearing an ACL. Like, what the they fuck? They just are you had doing? a lot. Like, like, I exist in this place where I get very mad at the Mavericks, but like, you, you look at their intentionality and it's all, it's not necessarily bad. It's just they're off. They've not been able to get anything to work. And that, that just feels very frustrating. What, as somebody who hasn't been on here in a year, but Kirk, what can I look forward to at the end of the season? Just being optimist, Kirk. It's a good question. I mean, if what can I look forward to? So the pairing of Kyrie and Luca has enough something to where I think you should be feeling, you know, the basketball fit to where I think you can talk yourself up and into a whole lot. That that's the, that's my thought. Everything else from there, you know, it can flow negative or positive, but if you like watching them play basketball, I think they'll be able to figure out the basketball. It's whether, you know, they can get people to play with them. It's whether the, the front office kind of has an idea of what to do to reshape elements of the roster. Cause I really do think Kyrie resigns just cause it doesn't make sense for him not to. Right. And he plus, would not if, give up that if, kind if of max to, contract. Just force his way elsewhere. That's, and that's a likely outcome, um, just given his history. Well, and we have the bird rights. So, and, sorry if you guys yeah. are hearing weird stuff in the background. My puppy will not go to sleep. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> hey, speaking of drinking, though, I'm drinking this like petite nice. Syrah that's like really good. Cheap wine. Hey, cheap wine for 26 bucks. I know that's like not like cheap to most people, but like if you want a really good wine for like Kind of relatively cheap. Petite Syrah. Good grape. Good girl. All right. Good to hear. All right, man. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you, Kurt. Bye, bye. Yeah. Hi. Yes, she is still barking at the world, and I'm still on my live show. Sorry, my wife just walked in and gave me, like, what is happening look. All right, Michael. What's going on? One more mute button. Okay. Can you hear me, Kurt? Welcome. Hey, how's it going? We're still here. Uh, we're still here, like like some real sickos that past midnight still bitching about the same things. That's it's right. great. <laughs> uh, what he kid say in his press conference was it? Don't you understand? I'm a people person. What is wrong? <laughs> I didn't listen, and the Mavs have yet to send out any materials. So I'm I'm really curious. I know. That was all. That was the one great thing about the last the last loss is so many people knowing the office space references. But no, I, I mean, it's just is what I don't understand is like I don't know why why is nobody asked you this question? Like in the forty years of the Mavericks history, they've won one title, and that was with. Uh, DPOY Sarah. Sure. And not just that, I want you to go through like everybody that's got, fell in love with this small ball and that's the only way to win the championship. I want somebody to show me one of 75 titles that didn't have a serviceable big. Yeah. You're not going to find it. And it's just I, I don't understand why why do we not Focus on that area of team building. 
because you're not winning. I've seen a lot of cute teams that didn't have a great day that made it to the Western Conference Finals, made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, but that's their ceiling. And I think that's where we're at. And last year we, like, SJ's talked about it a lot, that kids runs very gimmicky defense that eventually gets schemed out. Sure. And that's, and it takes and that's why you usually see second year kid because it usually takes the league to figure it out and scheme around it to get around the fact that they don't pay attention to the center position. Yeah, they tried, but they failed. It's just like when you look, I don't see one four or five on our team that's playing more than 20 minutes on a contender. And that's where we're at. So we're going to keep on banging our heads against the wall until that's stalled. Sure. Um, I, I, I think the, I think the pairing will work, but it's just like, um, it's almost like the Nets from last year. They look very much the same. And until Nick Claxton got, came to his own, that's, they didn't start getting better until that happened. You just you gotta have that to win. So I mean, maybe we need to call Indiana and be like, "Hey, y'all, trying to take some trash for uh, him and two picks. Let us have them." Because I think we'd be good if we had Miles Turner. Just he he melted our faces off tonight. And got anything that he wanted. It's just um, until you can compete with that, I I don't know how you win. Every contender is running two big lineups, but you even go back to that thread that somebody has sent, uh, posted from the Milwaukee days where he's like, oh, well, that would, we got to, of course he's saying the same things here. Oh, we have too many bigs. That's not how the game is played anymore. Jason, that is how the game has been fucking played for 75 years. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the more things change, more they stay the same. But if you don't fix that position, you'll just be a cute team that has conference appearance, and that's your ceiling. Well, Micah, thanks for hanging out. Yeah, thanks. I can hear my puppy menacing upstairs now, so I'm going to go deal with that, and we're going to – Talk on Thursday. The Mavericks play an earlier game. Thanks for hanging out. Head over to Mavs Moneyball. We'll talk to you guys soon. Okay, guys? Everybody be good.